You're listening to The Range, Garden Web University streaming and on-demand radio. My name is Jeff. In the studio with me, Matthew Teston. You're the big sports fan, and that's uh, what we're here to talk about, sports. Welcome, Matthew. It's always a great day for sports. It is. It is. We, I guess we'll start off with the passing. A legend passed away since we last spoke. Yeah, Arnold Palmer passed away this past weekend. And, uh, you know, the, my, my first thought with the passing of Arnold Palmer was that he, we've, we've read about it, we've heard it so far all week, his influence in both sports, uh, in, in the business world, getting folks interested in, in golf in so many different ways. But uh, for me, my thoughts immediately turn back to uh, the time when I was a teenager, and that's kind of when I was introduced to golf to begin with. And that was when Tiger Woods was hitting the scene and starting to, to really win tournaments, win majors. Uh, you know, the 97 Masters was really kind of his coming out party for everybody knowing who he was. And uh, so, so really, I grew up in the age where he was, he was dominating golf, and that got me interested in golf. And Arnold Palmer had that same impact uh, back in the 50s and 60s. And my immediate thoughts at hearing his passing, when I was 15 or 16 years old, there was a computer sports video game, a golf game. <laughs> yes, I played golf on the computer at that time. And it was Lynx. I believe it was made by a company, Access Software, and then was maybe bought out by Microsoft after that. I feel like they were associated with it. But it was Lynx Golf. And, you know, you played with your keyboard and your mouse, and it had Arnold Palmer on the cover of it. And that was the first time I really remember seeing Arnold Palmer at my age. Um, but, but as I started to watch Woods play golf, as I was playing golf on a game that had Arnold Palmer on the front of it, that was the time at which I got really interested in the sport, but also the history of the sport. I'm always interested if I'm watching a sport and who the, the ghosts of the past are, you know, who, who really got the game to where it is today. And with every sport, we see that. And Palmer had a huge, huge influence with golf uh, on that. And, you know, he really had his kind of uh, grand entrance into the scene, I believe, in 1960. Uh, in a couple of tournaments, I think I think I saw in a, a report this week after his his passing that he won eight tournaments that year, and of course the big thing with him was that was coinciding with the time when golf was getting on TV, and so people could really watch at, at a, a larger scale than just having to go to the tournament wherever it was and see it, or you know read about it in the newspaper or something like that. Folks could actually watch golf on television, and and today that's even a big question for folks: Why do you want to watch golf on television? Um, you know, for a lot of folks that's boring, but you know, we were talking uh, the other day here in, here in the office in the studio that uh, Palmer was someone who the women loved to watch. He was an attractive young man uh, who was also you know, good at golf, and that got him on television. And men loved watching him for his charisma, for his uh, for his power style. He was, I understand, um, kind of ahead of his time uh, as a power swinger, and he was one of the better drivers on tour and hitting it off the tee, got great distance. Um, and that he would uh, be very aggressive on the golf course and sometimes go for shots that might not be the safe shot, uh, but sometimes it paid off. And uh, in the end, I believe he won seven majors, and it, it did pay off for him, that aggressive style. His, his style of play worked for him. But he was also an, an everyman's kind of golfer. Um, heard a lot this week about how his father was a greenskeeper on a golf course there in Pennsylvania where he grew up. And uh, so that got him into golf, and his dad, I believe, was later the, the club pro there. And, of course, Arnold uh, played golf and got better and better and uh, eventually went to, to Wake Forest uh, here in North Carolina, uh, Wake Forest College at the time, and uh, spent a couple of years there, was a really good, strong college golfer, and then he got on tour and he won those won those seven majors. And so he 
was he was incredibly um, successful on the golf course, but he also with with TV and and golf getting on TV, he he kind of is credited with being uh, a big marketing and biz uh, wizard uh, of being a, an advertiser for and a spokesperson for products on mm-hmm. TV. So you know you might see him play golf, and then during the breaks you might see him advertising a product or something like that. So he was very very visible. Um, but he, he did that for years. Uh, he's known for being very charitable. And so from, from all angles of, of business and philanthropy, uh, he, was, he was always said to be strong. And he was always said to be a, a great man who had just a great, great temperament. And, um, you know, somebody that, that was a friend of presidents, but he was also very friendly to fans on the course. And one of my favorite things I've, I've heard about him this week is that he used to instruct younger players, uh, take time when you're signing your autograph. Uh, the, fan who, the fan who asked for it took the time to ask you for it, and it means something to them. So make it mean something to you and take your time when you're signing that autograph. And I think he was just a very personal person. Um, you know, in my lifetime, I didn't really get to see him play much golf. I saw him as an honorary starter for the mm-hmm, Masters, mm-hmm. Um, and and that was certainly an iconic thing every year. Seeing him come out there with Jack Nicklaus and Gary Player, who he, he played with, and really really revolutionized the game and the game that we saw on TV and the game that we see today. Um, but you know, I'd just see him come out there, hit the honorary shot, and then the Masters has started, and you know they'll get right. out of the way right, and right, sit back right, and right. watch, and the players go out there and play. Yeah. So I get to see him a whole lot, but. Um, you know, I, he really still was around the game, uh, kind of like Jack Nicklaus. Uh, both those guys have, have been around golf for their whole lives, and, and uh, it's just part of who they are, and they're part of the sport. And it, it's another one of those, like we talked about with Muhammad Ali in boxing earlier this year. Mm-hmm. He, he's one of those figures that really transcends his sport. And, um, you know, even in later years, he kind of came back into the public eye, maybe for another generation that, that didn't know him. ESPN did a very interesting Sports Center uh, series, kind of from their headquarters in Connecticut. One of them featured Arnold Palmer in the uh, cafeteria there in Bristol at the ESPN studios. And he walks up, and there are a couple of. Um, a couple of the familiar ESPN commentators, uh, broadcasters behind him, but he walks up to the drink line, and he has uh, two different uh, kind of dispensers of liquid there. One is sweet tea, <laughs> and one is lemonade. Yes. He, get, he fills up the bottom of his cup with sweet tea, then he moves it over the lemonade, gets a little more, then goes back to the sweet tea to kind of mix it around. And the guys are just mesmerized by this. And, of course, he's just made the Arnold Palmer, yes, which is yes, you know yes, a, yes. a popular drink and, right. and has been made famous even – People drink that, and they may not even know who that is. Right, um, yeah. and so he's been in our, our society in, in just so many ways. Um, but he he did he won seven seven majors and I believe sixty two tournaments overall. Um, neither of those is near the top, um, but he is credited uh, with so much more than just being the winningest of all time. The only major that eluded him of the of the four the British Open, the U.S. Open, the Masters, and the PGA Championship was the PGA Championship. That's the only one that he was was not able to win, and uh, he always went out there wanting to win. And so I have no doubt that he was disappointed that he wasn't able to win mm-hmm. that one as well. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the others he won multiple times, and with the British Open, he really uh, is is kind of credited with popularizing Americans traveling over to Europe to play in that tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, it took great resources to get over there. Um, in golf, your travel, uh, your caddy, all the different expenses you have, you really need to win or do very well to make it worth it to travel very far. And so I think up until then, 
it wasn't as feasible. But when he went, had some success, was able to win it, I think other Americans saw this can be done, this might be worth our time. And I think that really made the British Open on a global scale a little bit more relevant. Um, but he, he is, a, is a golfer and as a man, just, just a, a wonderful person to, to think back on his life. And it'll be weird watching the Masters yeah. and, and him not being out there. At least it, it, he hasn't been an honorary. I think maybe last year uh, or, or in the last couple of years he retired from being an honorary mm-hmm. starter. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, just one of the most influential men in the sport. Uh, and kind of looking back at it, I, I really, in reflecting, feel like he's maybe one of the three most influential professional American golfers ever. Uh, and I say that professional very specifically because Bobby Jones, who was one of the best American golfers of all time, was always an amateur. He oh, never right. went pro, won a ton of tournaments, but he was an amateur for his yeah. career. Um, but if you really look at it, I, I really feel like Tiger Woods in our most recent generation, even with all of his undoing and, and demise really in, in the public eye and the issues he He's had on the course and off the course. Still, 14 major tournaments yeah. that he's won. Yeah. I think he's won about 80 tournaments overall. Wow. Um, and Jack Nicholas, who's won 18 major tournaments, most all time. Uh, and, of course, has designed a ton of golf courses that they're using now. That's true, yeah. Um, he, and, and he also is a, is a big business guy, uh, puts on some tournaments, as Arnold did. And then Arnold Palmer, I think those are the three guys that really have made the biggest difference in getting people interested in golf and in their success uh, yeah. themselves. So. Uh, a, a huge loss, uh, but definitely a time that we can celebrate. Yeah. Uh, such a wonderful guy. Yeah. Now, on to other topics today. I think we've got some Gardner Webb stuff to talk about, right? Some Gardner Webb sports. Yeah. And, you know, I'll, I'll kind of start by saying um, we, we were able to kind of, as faculty and staff at Gardner Webb, go out and check out the men's basketball team this morning. Uh, the last several years, Coach Coach Tim Kraft has had breakfast with basketball, and they, they, uh, they bring out the faculty and staff, and we can have breakfast, and we can watch the team scrimmage and uh, go through a practice. They're actually getting ready to, to start official practices. Wow. And, uh, we're about five weeks or so away and you know you think oh we're right here in football season right right yeah, close to the middle of football season Basketball's but about to start basketball starts and this is a great time of year for a sports fan because you, you are getting football that you have so desperately craved during the summer uh, and you know basketball is also right around the mm-hmm. corner mm-hmm. and so for me really those have those have always been my yeah. two major big sports and yeah. so it's it's a great time the other the other time i'd say is probably february into march you know you get the the playoffs culminate with the super bowl and then right after that you get March Madness. So those are kind of October, November as as football's in swing and basketball's getting started. And then February and March when you've got football kind of on the tail end, at least the pro part. Uh, and then you've got the March Madness and college basketball and big tournaments and games going. But uh, but it was a lot of fun getting to go out there and, and watch our, our running bulldogs and, and see some of the new faces, see some of the familiar faces. Uh, I, I told the coach a lot of energy out there. He said, well, we've got to have energy or we're not going to win win the games. But and this it, was at 8.30 in the morning. It was. So have well, energy then. Well, and I'll take it even a step further. He, he told the group that was gathered there, uh, when he when he thanked everyone for coming out, that when they start practice, they'll be practicing at six thirty in the morning oh. in the morning before they go to class. Mm-hmm. And so the early the, the starts are early, and I think that's one thing that we we have to definitely remember for our student athletes. You know, they they get to to play a sport. Um, a lot of times, that's their ticket to be able to go to college, and it helps them go through with their with their scholarship. Um, a lot of our student athletes, but they definitely make some sacrifices, and they put in a lot of hard work. 
Um, and so, you know, getting up and having a 6.30 a.m. practice and then going to class and, mm-hmm. you know, all the things that fit into the day, mm-hmm. uh, they definitely, especially during season, even before the games start, put in put in their time. Yeah. So um, so that was exciting to get to see them and, and really just as a, a beacon that basketball is right around the corner. Um, the other exciting thing that we've had had this week, women's soccer. Congratulations, women's soccer. They had a one nothing overtime win at Presbyterian uh, on Wednesday night this week. Uh, Keely Brown, the uh, sophomore, I believe, goalkeeper, had the shutout. And so I think it was 109, 111 minutes, something like that, that they played. When you can keep any team from scoring for that long, uh, I think she had five saves uh, from shots on goal. Um, just, a, just a wonderful effort there. Uh, and that's a soccer score, you know, uh, yeah, one to is. nothing. Yeah. Um, going going deep into the soccer game, uh, I think that's kind of what you like to see uh, if you like really competitive soccer. So that was really exciting. Congratulations to our women's team. Kind of to close up, we've got a, um, a a big couple of days this weekend with some home home games uh, Friday and Saturday. Um, Eleven thirty on Friday, our volleyball team's going to uh, be hosting Presbyterian, and it's Education Day. We're going to have some local students from the community in checking out uh, some volleyball on campus for other activities. So welcome to all the students who are going to be here. That's always exciting. Um, we always love when we can get the local schools and some of their students on campus, uh, and then Saturday. Saturday we've got a double header and it's kind of a unique double header uh, and something that the folks might be interested in beyond sports. Um, the, the folks over in uh, the athletics department have got football, football, and food trucks. Football. Football. Um, of course, that's F-U-T-B-O-L uh, and F-O-O-T-B-A-L-L for the uh, more conventional guys like me. Um, but but at 1 o'clock, the uh, men's soccer team, football, uh, is going to be hosting Radford. And then at 6 o'clock, the uh, football team is going to be hosting Benedict. And to go alongside those two uh, match and game, uh, we're going to have some food trucks coming in from Charlotte uh, that will be available for uh, folks to come in and get some good food, yeah. try some different things. Uh, and then check out the soccer and maybe stay around and check out the football. And so really exciting, unique day. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, I'm a sports fan and I'm a foodie. And so I can't help but endorse this. This is I think the best of a, all worlds. It's a great right? idea. It's the best of all, all worlds. And, you know, whether you like soccer uh, or you like football or you like a little bit of both, uh, it's a chance to come out and see the running Bulldogs, mm-hmm. but also get a taste of the Charlotte food truck scene mm-hmm. without having to make the drive to Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of nice to have it right here in Cleveland County, Bowling Springs. So a little something different. And I think the trucks are going to be out there uh, definitely by around noon uh, on Saturday, but definitely also throughout the games yeah. uh, in the afternoon. And for, as always, for all things Garden Web Athletics, GWSports.com. Matthew, thanks for joining us. The big sports fan, you got any questions or comments for Matthew, email them to us at the station. Info, I-N-F-O, at WGWG.org. Thanks.